Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, February 24th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content. They kind of went through it yesterday with all of the social media content related to the third anniversary of the outdoor game that the Flyers finally won. <laughs> yeah, I was there. Same. It was a day. I cried a lot. I cried yesterday thinking about it, and uh, they're they're doing a good job getting us all emotional about Claude Giroux on a daily basis. Well, yeah, they're ramping everybody up. They are. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. You can find Russ Cohen here on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, this should be a fun one. We're going to look around the league at trade pieces for trade deadline deals, some prospects, some newer NHLers, and you know, just kind of see what's out there and, and what the buyers are looking to give up. Lockdown Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Sports Network. All right, Russ, so it's sort of all quiet on the Western front with the Flyers right now as they have these few days off. Of course, they sent uh, Connor Bonneman and Kirill Ustamenko back to the Phantoms. At the very least, it's a cap move, and maybe uh, both of them will be in the lineup with the Phantoms this weekend. Maybe. All right, so prospects out there for trade deadline of course the big deal that the flyers will likely be making as it stands now is claude Giroux. but there are some other moves to be made as well rasmus ristolainen is a potential move justin braun is a potential move there could be others martin jones uh, so you know looking around the league if the flyers are sellers you know what kinds of prospects, not necessarily specific names, but what kinds of prospects should the Flyers be asking for at trade deadline? Okay, I'm going to give what they should be asking for and what I think they're asking for. What they should be asking for is somebody in your top five prospect list, a prospect that's close to playing in the NHL, and a pick. Hopefully a first. First this year, first next year. If not, at least a high second, uh, depending on the players. That's what you should get. That's in a Giroux deal, you're saying? That's in a Giroux deal, yeah. For any deal, they still should be going after all these teams' best prospects for guys like Ristolainen as well. But the issue that I keep hearing is, and you know, you never get it confirmed, so is that they're looking, and based on what's leaking... Um, they seem to be looking at players that are closer to the NHL. And when you do that, you're not necessarily getting the best prospects in an organization. You're just getting the most developed. Yeah, that's an interesting point about it. Because if you are looking at a guy who's maybe a higher pick, but a newer draft pick, say that was drafted last year, 
mm-hmm. that there there's more risk to that, right? But the reward could be higher. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to get a prospect that's close to the NHL, sure, that's less risk and maybe you're guaranteed a certain ceiling because you have more evidence to support that. But then it's also adding to the competition of your own prospects, right? Yes. And so does that derail what you're trying to accomplish with your current prospects who are right on the verge? You know, does that put a roadblock in front of an Agor Zamula, in front of a Bobby Brink, for instance? And I'm not sure that's something you want to do either. Well, it could happen that way. It might knock somebody out in the end. Still, it's up to the players, though, mainly. So I wouldn't hang that on the Flyers. All right. Well, that's fair. You know, in terms of needs, is there a position that you'd be looking to emphasize? Should we be looking for more defensemen in our queue, which I think personally, because there's not much depth beyond Zamula. I think there's Wyatt Wiley, but, you know, I think there's more questions with him. So for me, I think I would want to more likely target a defenseman, especially if it's closer to NHL level. But what's your I, take? I do think they need defensemen. Uh, a guy like Yinning still may be a year from coming over. Um, we'll see if Ronnie Adderd signs out of school. He may, he may not. So that could take a little longer. And, and you know, neither guy's going straight to the NHL, most likely. Exactly. So, but I'm just saying, just to even get him going, get him in the system... So based on that, based on the path that they have Zamula on, I wouldn't count on him in the lineup next year, or at least not in the early part. So he's out. So York has a chance to do it. And, you know, again, they're ignoring everybody else in Lehigh. So defensive-wise. So I think I think they do need to get a defenseman. And I think that's that should be the – well, and it could be more than one because, again – if they don't sign Ristolainen, and you're losing him too, uh, I, you know, again, you you when this season ends, depending on who comes in this deal, they're going to be like two defensemen signed to contracts out of the six. Yeah, I worry about that a lot. So that's why I would put an emphasis on looking at defensive prospects. But looking around the league in general, not necessarily that the Flyers are going to deal with these teams for these players, but just in terms of what the level and type of prospect that are available right now. The first team I want to look at is the New York Rangers, and they have two very interesting possibilities here. Vitaly Kravtsov is the first one. He's a winger signed to an ELC. He was the ninth overall pick in 2018. And the Rangers loaned him back to the KHL after playing 20 games for them last season. He's currently at Traktor Chekubinsk. And mm-hmm. so like, why did they send him back and why do you think he might be on the table? Uh, he's definitely a little immature and he didn't really want to play in Hartford. He had the option in his deal to go back. So he did. Um, and he did that the year before, too, I believe. So now there's a rumor out there that Chris Drury maybe didn't like the way he um, handled his assignment to Hartford and so that's why everybody's pretty sure he's getting traded so there's really only two deals that could that he would be in 
I think, with the Flyers, and that would be one would be the Giroux deal, and a second one would be, and that's, you know, again, lesser opportunity, less chance of that happening, especially if if Bob Clark is, you know, going to talk to Dave Scott and say don't trade in division, but, you know, still up to Chuck in the end. Uh, but still, that could be a factor. And then the other one could be an Aristolainen one, but I don't think they're particularly high or, or need Aristolainen because they have Truba. And I don't, and I, he's too much, he's too much to put in a Braun deal unless something else came back. So I really only think it's in a Giroux deal. Right. Yeah, I think that makes sense. The other guy is Niels Lundqvist, and he's a defenseman. So, of course, I'm personally interested in that. And he's actually really impressive. Seen him a bunch in Hartford. Uh, he had been up with the Rangers, though. And so, again, you know, why is he currently in Hartford versus the Rangers, and what could he bring? Well, I just think it's deployment, the way Gallant is doing things wants some tougher guys up there rather than an ex- an experienced guy. Uh, I He definitely would, would be in a Giroux deal, could be in a Braun deal, but I think they would want more because I think you could get Braun for probably a third rounder. So if you're going to put Lundqvist in that deal, they're going to ask for something back besides Braun. Or unless which is they, okay, I think. Which is okay, yeah. Unless they were to somehow have an agreement with Braun, which I doubt. But you never know. Um, so it would have to be something like that. So either mm-hmm. something else coming back or some sort of known deal with Braun. So I think that's the way um, he would come. It's not usually likely that the Flyers would make a deal like that in division. But again, who knows? I mean, I think anything is possible. I mean, we everybody this wants to cite deadline. the Lindros deal. And someday I'll mm-hmm. talk about that whole press conference. I was there. It was. It's worthy of just a complete show. Um, but in the end... I think that was, that was more also a long time ago and things are different now. Yes. Yes. I think that's the short answer. All right. Well, we'll get to the big option out there, especially related to a Giroux deal with the avalanche coming up next. Football might be over this season, but basketball's in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile service to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so the big deal that the Flyers are likely to be involved in is one for Claude Giroux and the most likely trading partner as it currently stands. Again, anything can happen, but most likely is the Colorado Avalanche. And they have a bunch of prospects in their system that are potential options to ask for in return as part of a deal here. So first one I want to talk about is Drew Hellison. Uh, He's a puck moving defenseman and he was on uh, Team USA in the Olympics this year. He had an assist in three games played there. He's a round two 
pick for the Avs in 2019. He's not currently signed, though. So this is a rights deal, and the Flyers would have to negotiate. He's got 19 points in 26 games played for Boston College this year. And so, you know, Russ, he seems like really enticing for Flyers fans. No, he's enticing. And, you know, I would do the rights deal if I his advisor gave me the nod that he's going to come out this year and sign. And there's a possibility he might do that since he already played in the Olympics. He might feel that, you know, he's ready. Uh, he is a good puck mover. He's smart. His hockey IQ is really good. He makes good safe passes. He will get points by just having that good first pass or sometimes these secondary assists. He will use his body. He uh, has good gap control, too. He he knows what he's doing out there. He didn't get much time in the Olympics. Like one game, he got five minutes, which, again, is a crime. Like it's just don't have a guy on the roster if you're going to use him for five minutes. But in the end... A very good player. I don't know how much offense he'll really give you at the NHL level. At BC, of course, he does a lot more than he would do on the Flyers. Yeah. So the other defenseman option being talked about is Justin Barron, who was the Avs' first-round pick in 2020, 25th overall. He's a two-way defenseman, good at zone exits and getting through the neutral zone. He's not the get-up-close in the offense, but he'll take the shot from the point and get a bunch of assists, right? So he's currently with the Eagles in the AHL with 17 points in 34 games. Yeah, I mean, he he wants to be a better two-way defenseman. I'll say it that way because it's it's okay right now, but it, 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 sh- it should get a little better. He's not Keith Yandel, but I don't know how much better he'll get at that. Uh, zone exits is, is right on there, but getting through the neutral zone, he's got the speed to do it, but sometimes he does turn the puck over. He, he can be a risky guy at times. He does have a high ceiling points-wise, uh, but again... You're not going to have him on the ice late in the game uh, because of his defense. So do you want him because you want him to uh, run the power play in the future? Because, you know, he's got a better offensive upside than Cam York. Or do you want him just as another really good puck-moving defenseman who maybe is on you know power play too because you're going to continue to let Provorov do it for some unknown reason? Um, that's really the big question there. To me, and he's not question, ready for the NHL just yet. I mean, right. I think that, that should be obvious, but I just want to say it. So between Hellison and, and Barron, like who's your to- choice? My choice is Hellison because I still, I think Barron's a bit risky. I do. I think, I think so too. You know, there's a lot of upside there and Hellison has less upside, but Hellison's more of a known quantity at this point, which is a good known quantity. It's not like, Hey, he's safe. No, he's better than safe. So I just feel like Baron, you know, I just, I could see there being struggles when he comes up because he can't do the same things that even what he's able to do in the AHL. So that's where I'm at with that. I also think maybe with Hellison, the additional like third piece that you're talking about could be better that you get along yes. with it. Because Barron's yeah. upside is higher. So I like that on balance. So if you get a first round pick, Hellison, and one other asset, mm-hmm. that, that other asset is going to be slightly better than you would get yes. with Barron. Yeah, I think that's fair. 
All right. There's a, a couple of forwards as well. Uh, Sampo Aranta, who's a winger currently, again, with the Eagles in the AHL, 13 points in 35 games played. He's a little older, third rounder from 2018. And, you know, so the question here with him is, what does he bring to the table that maybe those two defensemen we just talked about don't? Well, he's um, he, he's got speed on the wing. He's got good size, and he's got a great shot. But will he be a goal scorer at the NHL level? I don't know, because he just kind of has this one move, and if he doesn't branch out from that, it could be a problem. Like, just to give you an example, I don't know if you remember, like, Jeff Carter, when he first came to the Flyers, was kind of rough and just had the one move. And it was working to a degree, but it wasn't working, wasn't going to work for his career. And I remember saying it, but then, then he varied his game, and it really broke out. I don't think Rant is on the same level of like a Jeff Carter. So you're either getting him for goal scoring or don't bother getting him. So the other guy that is in the conversation here is an existing player who's had some NHL time, and that's Martin Kaut. And he's intriguing to me just because he does have the NHL experience and he's a good passer and shooter. Um, He's got 15 points in 24 games for the Eagles in the AHL. And again, a 2018 draft pick. So, you know, a year or two older than some of these other kids. There's less risk in the sense that we know who he is and who he isn't. I think at this point, And I feel like, again, if you're going to take him, I think there's an opportunity to get another piece that is of higher quality. Yeah. And and Kaut is the one that I'd really like because he he has a a, remember, he overcame a heart condition, which was just corrected with a, a procedure. So that was great. And he's been great ever since as far as being able to play. Uh, he's got the right attitude. Like he was asked, I think about a year ago, uh, is he worried that his points aren't that high as far as what might translate to the NHL? And he's like, basically, he's like, I don't give an F about my points. Uh, I know I can play in the NHL and I just want to play in the NHL. So I like that kind of attitude because he's not a guy that really is stuck on the stats where I think mm-hmm. the Flyers have a guy like that now. But I won't say who he is, but you could probably figure out who he is. Um, he is a good passer and shooter. He's got a really quick release on his shot, especially in the slot. He can play, you know, a little bit of a physical game. He definitely plays defense. I think he um for me he would ha- he would he would be the must have in all of this and then I work out the rest if it were me. Interesting. So even over the two defensemen. Yeah. Like would you would you take say it's Cout and Barron and a lower like would you have to accept a lower than first round pick as the third asset? If it's if it they're going to tell you you have to because where they rate Baron, um, so yeah you might only get a second at that point. But I could live with that. Uh, I would rather have Hellas and Couch and whatever other pick I can get out of that. That would be my ideal trade. Yeah, I'm wondering if with the because remember they don't have a first too. So right, exactly. So they're the first pick that we would be getting from them would be 2023, which is not bad either. But if the Flyers are looking to improve more quickly, then, you know, one of those two defensemen and Martin Cowd could be a good combination. And then you take a second rounder in, you know, 2023 or 2022 
uh, just because the Flyers don't have those picks like we've been talking about. And that's an intriguing combination to me. It is. And and the 2023 first would be top 10 protect, protected just in case because of Connor Bedard. They're not going to just hand you over something like that with exactly. that potential. They're not. Exactly. Well, certainly a lot of intriguing options from the Colorado Avalanche. I'm sure we're going to be like moving chess pieces around a lot over the next oh, yeah. month, month or so to see what that might look like. But there are, you know, some other NHL players that have spent some quality time in the NHL the last couple of years that could be, you know, on the market that are, I think, worth talking about. And we'll do that next. All right. So we're going to look at the Boston Bruins now because they have a couple of guys that are possibly available in potential deals. And I think they could be part of deals with, again, some of these other players, like your Justin Braun, your Martin Jones. I don't know, like, I don't think the Bruins need a goaltender per se, but. Uh, Although you know, there's I, rumors that they may be. So well, never maybe. say never. That's true. That is true. But there's a couple of pieces that could be a, a good return element for the Flyers. And the first one, Jack Studnicka. And he has had an interesting journey with the Bruins. He was a round two pick in 2017. Uh, he's played 10 games with the Bruins this year, uh, but sent back down to Providence where he got 19 points in 27 games played. Pretty solid. Got called back up recently. And I think that was smart what they did and how they mm-hmm. handled him this season. I think, you know, he was struggling a little bit and, But also there just wasn't a good place for him in the Bruins lineup early Mm -hmm. this season where I think now there really is. So like what is his upside and what do you think the Flyers could be getting in a player like him? You know, his his upside would be second line center, but I think he's more suited for third line center. Uh, The issue with the Bruins is I just don't know if he's a fit with Cassidy. So I just feel Mm -hmm. like he's going to be uh, available rather than them having to sign him even on a bridge deal. They may not even want to deal with that. So I could see them putting him in a deal because he's he's already partially developed. He's smart. He's fast. He can be tricky with the puck. He's got a good shot. He has a good hockey IQ. He, he plays an all-around game. He could be stronger physically, which I think is still, um, you know, getting there. But he's really an intriguing guy. I've liked him for a while, and... You know, he just could be that kind of guy that, hey, you know what? He just doesn't fit as a Bruin, but he can fit in other places. And, you know, I think that um, there's a lot of teams that would want Stanika. Agreed. And the next guy I want to talk about is Trent Frederick. And to me, I don't know that he's necessarily appealing for the Flyers because I think he's a bottom sixer and the Flyers have plenty of those right mm-hmm. now. But he could be a really good piece for another team. He's averaging about 13 minutes a game right now. Has gotten third line time with Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith. Um, he tore it up in the AHL in 2019-20. And, you know, he has a, a tremendous upside. But right now he just seems like a third-line guy. And I feel like the Flyers have a metric ton of third-line guys. They do. Um, the thing about Frederick, though, if, if they're willing to give him up, 
like as a Zach McEwen, he could do everything Zach McEwen can do, except he has way better hands. And mm-hmm. so there is a point where Trent Frederick may start potting some goals because what he was able to do in the AHL is cause that crease havoc, but he could also put it in there. Here in the NHL, you know, he's not getting a lot of ice time, so he hasn't had a real lot of a chance to do that, but he has been fighting some heavyweights and is sort of playing that Tom Wilson-ish role. Uh, every team wants a guy like that. Zach McEwen really isn't that guy, so I think you could still talk the Flyers into Trent Frederick in a deal. So I, I for think Zach very... McEwen because I would love no, <laughs> no. Um, but I just think he he could be a very intriguing guy that can, can continue to get better. But you're right, he is a bottom six guy. There's no way around it. All right, here's another one that you brought up, Russ, that I had not even thought of as a, a potential trade piece uh, related to the Flyers because it's two bottom dwelling teams right now, and that's Ryan Paling from Montreal, mm-hmm. and you know he's again older, a 2017 first round pick. He's got one year left on his ELC. Really solid hockey IQ, and he's got three assists in his last five games for the Habs. Yeah, I just think this could be a situation where, um, like, Jeff Gordon looks for certain things, and I think he's going to want a blend of speed and and some size. And Paling isn't really that fast, although he's, like you said, very smart, knows where to get into position, good passer. Uh, has a good shot, plays defense, can be physical. He has had some injury issues, and that's what sort of kept him from really right. reaching his potential. So I could just see him being sort of collateral damage with the Habs, but he could do something somewhere. He's, I believe he's from Minnesota, and if he went to the Wild, like that could be a perfect fit for them as an example. Yeah, you said Minnesota, and I had like Chuck Fletcher. Yeah, you got a tick there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, we can't do that. But (laughs) all the Minnesota boys, all of them. Um, The last one was also a bit of a surprise to me when you brought him up, Russ, and that's Kiefer Bellows from the New York Islanders. Uh, He was their number one draft pick in 2016. And, you know, he has a lot of promise. And I remember when he was drafted, there was a lot of excitement around him for the Islanders. And his development has been very uneven, in my opinion. And so, like, I'm just curious about your take in terms of how the Islanders have managed his growth. Oh, I think they've screwed him up. I think Barry Trotz has totally fouled it up with him. Uh, They've sat him for and scratched him for a bunch of games this year. He is a kid that will hit guys in the corner. He His skating has improved to the point where it's NHL quality. He has a really good shot. He's not going to be like a super high-end goal scorer or anything like that, but he will score you some goals. You know, he probably could be a 30-point guy in the NHL, and it just seems like if you come up and trots a system and you can't put up a lot of points and you're not like a Cal Clutterbuck type, you find no role. You either have to be like that super high-end guy that's willing to play defense or be that super tough guy that occasionally gets points. But if you ever think about the trots, what he's doing with the Islanders, there's almost no in-between guy. And and Bellows is an in-between guy, and he just seems to be lost there. A lot of teams would like Kiefer Bellows, I think. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys where a change of scenery will absolutely do him good. Like the fact that he's just been so messed with 
with the Islanders and that he just doesn't seem to fit there, that that's the perfect kind of guy. And, you know, I don't know like what the Islanders would be looking to get for him in a deal, but I, I certainly think there's room to negotiate with him. Oh, yeah. And, and he may be another one because they're close to the cap that they just don't want to give a contract to. Exactly. All right. Well, that was a lot of guys to talk about around the NHL. A lot of good options. And again, like I said, there's going to be a lot of chess pieces moving around the board over the next month. So uh, we will absolutely be staying tuned to all of the chatter around the NHL on trade deadline. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing, just uh, a really cute picture that Olivia Reiner from the Inquirer took at morning practice and looking at the height differential between Cam Atkinson and Isaac Ratcliffe playing on the same line. It is comical, but it's also very cute. It is. Um, and I would say Atkinson is allegedly five foot eight. <laughs> and Isaac Ratcliffe is probably 6'6". Yeah, no, and, he's 6'6". And you stand next to him, especially when yeah. he's in skates and has those extra few inches. It's He is a tower, an absolute tower. Yeah, I've interviewed him enough. He's tall sitting down. But, but Cam? Mm, <laughs> well, it is definitely adorable seeing them next to each other. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We will be back again tomorrow. We're going to talk about the Caps matchup for this weekend, and we'll have our gritty thing of the week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen. Now make your next listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.